Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and get a unique WordPress website or store right away. From there, you can customize your design, colors, and content. And Bluehost automatically helps you get found in search engines like Google and Bing. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins, Bluehost makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Are you ready to enhance your future in tech? Then it's time to make your move to the UK. The nation that has more tech unicorns than France, Germany, and Sweden combined. The nation that was third in the world to have a $1 trillion tech sector valuation. The nation where great talent comes together. Visit gov.uk forward slash great talent to see how you can work, live and move to the UK. This 10th year of Daily Tech News Show is made possible by its listeners. Thanks to all of you, including Philip Shane, Paul Boyer, and Brad. Coming up on DTNS, Cloudflare makes it easier to start your own Mastodon server. One password implements passkey for your master password. And why Apple hasn't laid anyone off. Come on, Apple, get with it. Now's your chance. This is the Daily Tech News for Friday, February 10th, 2023 in Los Angeles. I'm Tom Merritt. And from Studio Redwood, I'm Sarah Lane. From Columbus, Ohio, I'm Rob Dunwood. Drawing the top tech stories from Cleveland, I'm Lynn Peralta. And I'm the show's producer, Roger Chang. Yes, folks, uh, we have, a, I guess it's uh, among the many, many bad layoff stories, uh, a good good layoff story in, in the sense that no one got laid off. And we're, we're all very curious why. <laughs> we're going to get to that in a bit. Uh, let's start with the quick hits. General Motors signed a long-term deal with Global Foundries to provide exclusive production capacity at a plant in upstate New York to make semiconductors used for auto parts. Global Foundries CEO Thomas Caulfield said it will take two to three years to ramp up production. GM expects to double the number of semiconductors that it uses over the next several years. We talked about streaming consolidation yesterday on the show. Here's one little bit of it beginning. MX Player is one of the largest on-demand video streaming services in India, claiming more than 150 million active users. TechCrunch's sources say Amazon has begun talks to acquire MX Player from Times Internet, which has owned it since 2018. Windows Central reports that the latest insider dev build of Windows 11 includes hidden integrated RGB lighting controls. These controls let users match the current Windows theme color, as well as control things like brightness, effects, speed, and also set specific colors. It's not clear what peripheral makers might support Microsoft's integration since they often use their own control software. But Windows Central also reports that Microsoft is considering supporting other lighting effects as well for things like incoming notifications or music. A mic. Ah, okay. I'm glad I didn't do that. Uh, the Verge's sources say Microsoft will soon tell us all about plans for integrating its Prometheus model, that's the one behind the new Bing chat GPT-like features, into Word, PowerPoint, and Outlook in the coming weeks, with a tentative rollout date set in March. This reportedly includes the ability to generate graphs and graphics in PowerPoint. If that's not enough AI for you, JD.com says it plans to roll out an industrial version of a chatbot called ChatJD. That won't be confusing. And Opera owner Cunlan Tech says it will integrate ChatGPT itself into its products. Although they didn't say if it's part of an open AI partnership and whether it would go into Opera because Cunlan makes other products and services. 
Investigators for the National Transport Transportation Safety Board, or NS. NTSB, rather, issued a final report on a fatal crash involving a Tesla Model S back in 2021. Now, at first, investigators saw evidence that the driver's seat was unoccupied, opening up the possibility that Tesla's autopilot driver's assistant system was in use and failed in that instance. However, NTSB investigators determined there was, in fact, someone in the driver's seat at the time of the crash and that autopilot was not in use and not at fault. All right. Well, there you go. Someday it's good. Good to have the follow-ups on those. That this doesn't seem to make as many headlines as the first story. You know, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's, that's why that is. Yeah. Yeah. All right, since Mastodon uh, started to explode with new users in November, one of the potential stumbling blocks for new users was what server to join. Now, you can always move your account between servers, so it's not something you have to get right the first time, but it's still preferable not to have to. While there's no shortage of servers to sign up for, one option you might consider is setting up your own server. And to make that more attractive to more people, Cloudflare announced a service to make that a lot easier. Cloudflare's Mastodon Server Deployment Service is called Wildebeest. It lets you set up a Mastodon server on Cloudflare's existing page service, which hosts static websites. Wildebeest supports ActivityPub and other Fediverse APIs with the ability to publish, edit, boost, and delete posts. And, of course, the server will sit behind Cloudflare security from DDoS and other types of attacks. You'll need to feel comfortable using GitHub and Cloudflare's dashboards to get everything up and running, but it involves significantly fewer steps than something like DigitalOcean's Marketplace one-click Mastodon server. And it doesn't give you everything that you could do if you self-hosted everything. So right now, Wildebeest instances let you post text, images, no video, although they say it's coming soon. So it works with most Mastodon clients, but not all of them. Ivory, for example, the client from the makers of Tweetbot, they've been working on Ivory for a while, doesn't yet work with Wildebeest. Probably will in the future, but there are some limitations for now. You also have to pay. Cloudflare, price, uh, Cloudflare pricing starts at $5 per month. So not going to break the bank, but you can see where this would add up. I, I, I think this would be a good solution if you want to control your social data. Uh, or if you want to operate a small server just for your friends, you're not worried about huge compliance things. Uh, but this also comes as the tide of Mastodon's popularity is kind of rolling back in. Uh, earlier this week, Wired reported that active users on Mastodon sat at 1.4 million, down from 2.5 million in November. Uh, I think that's probably going to stabilize. It's probably not going to plummet all the way back down to where it was uh, last year. But Rob, uh, you you, uh, you have some thoughts on this, I know, because you're you're somebody who I think looks at this and says, "Well, I I think I could do that. Maybe I'm interested in that." What about everybody? So the the installation method for this is, is easier than, as we said, than you know than it was, but it's still not like Discord easy. So there's a lot of folks who just aren't going to use this for number. It, it costs money. So that, that's one reason. But the other reason is that it's just not simple and easy to set up. You, you have to think about some things. So I think that when you think about social media, when, when Mastodon started becoming ridiculously popular was when Twitter started going through all the things that Twitter has gone through. I don't want to say that Twitter has completely stabilized, but we see that the numbers have pulled back. So Mastodon doesn't necessarily feel for folks who are trying to set servers up like a regular type of social media user type of thing. This is going to be more for, as you said, people who they're really concerned about controlling their data or you're setting up a server specifically to use with you know certain groups of friends. 
I don't know that we're going to see Mastodon ever get to the the, the uber popular type of social media platforms that are uh, that are all self-contained, like an Instagram, like a TikTok, like a like a Twitter. Also, I think, you know, and I'm I kind of fall somewhere in the middle of this camp. On one hand, I'm like, well, I'd probably have to learn a few things before I, you know, get super comfortable with setting up my own server, but it can be done. And I like the idea of saying, all right, well, if it's my server, then I get to set my rules. I get to set, you know, anybody who wants to be part of the server, you have to adhere by you know, kind of the way that I want things to go. And I think that that is why Mastodon and other decentralized social networks are really uh, gaining in popularity with people saying, oh, okay, we don't have to have the centralized system where we're just told how everything is working, what the rules are and how we have to adhere by them. But that's also the rub, right? Is that so many of us are used to just being like, okay, well, what are the rules? What aren't the rules? I don't want to do anything to get me kicked off the network. Uh, you know, I can't take this into my own hands. Mm. But in the case of these kinds of things, you legit can. And it's a lot of people are going to say, yeah, that's what I wanted this whole time. Especially there's been some confusion and uh, many of my less tech centric uh, friends have pinged me as of late saying, which Mastodon server should I join? And the truth is, is like, well, I mean, there's no right answer because you have so many choices and that's great. But when you're not used to that, you don't know what to do. I, I feel like Wildebeest is not the answer to anything, uh, and Mastodon's future is far from guaranteed, but I think this is an interesting step on the way to an evolution that might possibly turn into something more widely used. So imagine a scenario, if you will, where this becomes popular enough that somebody goes, well, that's easier than what DigitalOcean was doing. What if we made it even easier? And eventually we get a product where people are able to just log in and it's like, yep, your your default Mastodon server is here. You can customize it if you want, but you don't have to. And now you can connect to any Fediverse and you don't have to run a server, but you can decide which ones you want to connect with and which ones you don't. We've made it super easy, great graphic interface. Like that could really be a template. I don't know, maybe Twitter's blue service or, or it's blue sky, not blue. That's, that's, that's the subscription service, blue sky service that spun out. Maybe it does something like that. Maybe it eventually federates with this. I don't know, but I feel like there's there's a possibility there. It's not a guarantee, but it's a possibility, and that could lead to something that gives you more control over your own data because all your control it's a template for controlling things. Tom, I, th- I think you're absolutely right. Um, I, I think what you have to look at though is that you can't compare what Mastodon is and what it may even turn into in the near future, you can't compare that to what Twitter is or what Facebook is. Very true. We're going to be dealing with a couple of million users, three, four million users. If it gets widely popular, 10, 15 million users, that is largely different than eight, 900 million, a billion, a billion five. So I think it's, you know, when you, when you think about Mastodon, it's just fundamentally different than the big centralized social media platforms. I, th- I think about Mastodon as its own thing, the way I think about Taco Bell separately from Mexican food. You know, it's just it's it's its own thing. It's not a replacement for anything. <laughs> it's, it's a subcategory of. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the idea of a password manager, however, I think of as very important. Uh, it's it's pretty simple, but the big knock on it has been that it's a single point of failure. What it gives you is you don't have to remember or write down dozens of passwords. You just have to remember to open your vault. 
OnePassword already announced plans to support secure logins using the new passkey technology by spring of 2023, but that was for storing the passkeys. So if you create a passkey in your browser or on your phone, OnePassword would be able to securely store that in the password manager for you. Now, OnePassword is doing that one better, saying it will support using a passkey to unlock your OnePassword account itself. As a reminder, FIDO-compliant passkeys use a cryptographic token from a pre-authenticated device rather than a password for logon. In other words, you use a thing to unlock stuff instead of remembering a password. Your 1Password passkey, like all passkeys, stays on the device and uses the same biometric authentication as your device. If your phone uses Face ID, you need Face ID to access the passkey. Right now, 1Password accounts using passwords can also use biometric authentication, but ultimately fall back on a password that can be used on other devices. Now, 1Password says support for account passkeys will arrive as an option by this summer. So support in the vault in the spring support for unlocking in the summer but its chief product officer steve wan says our goal is to go passkey only as soon as possible in other words passkey support comes in the summer but eventually they're gonna say you know what passkey is the only way to get into your vault the knock on password managers has been as i mentioned earlier that they represent a single point of failure but if you use a passkey without a password uh, which is what they eventually want to get to there's no password to get it becomes much harder for that single point to fail because the pass key is only on your device or devices. Maybe you've got it on your laptop and you've got one on your phone, but it's a, it's a lot smaller attack surface. Rob, do you think this meaningfully changes the equation here? I think that it can, and, and it can eventually. The, the, the big problem is that there's just not enough stuff that uses passkey um but this this is this is changing um you know if, if you think about LastPass uh in in the in the breach that they had the, their password vault was actually compromised there is no password vault with this so you literally are creating tokens um or, or you know you're creating a, a private key on your device you know and there's a public key on the on the site that you're going to and there's a bunch of magic that happens with math on the back end and you never really have to type in a password even a username to authenticate this is going to change uh, everything when everything uses it but right now the backup is still password so your question, is it meaningful? It's meaningful in the sense that it can be eventually, but it's not today. Mm-hmm. You, there, there has to be a plethora of sites that are actually using this technology for it to really take off. Yeah. And uh, there's some good questions in our chat, too. Capalicious is like, uh, until your passkey fails, which I, I, I'm not sure how a passkey could fail because it's just an inert thing. But I'm, I'm willing to entertain uh, ideas on that. Uh, and I think it was uh, someone else said, you, you should always want more than one key. It was you, Nick, I green. Uh, and in which case, yes, the idea with 1Password is that you've got your passkey stored in the vault. And so that means you've got it wherever 1Password is. Uh, however, the 1Password passkey is only stored on the device. So it does become... A problem of recovery where it's like, well, I need to yeah. make sure I don't lock myself out because my phone died, right? I've got to have some kind of Yeah, or you've misplaced or it or, system, you know, yeah. something that happens all the time. Yeah, yeah. That would be, you know, I was trying to think of, okay, when would this be a bad scenario? I mean, the bad scenario was people saying, what's a pass key? <laughs> Which a lot, we all know people who would, who asked exactly that. What's that? How's that different from a password? How is this better? Um, and you can explain that. But yes, they're, 
there still is a point of failure when it comes to, yeah, your phone dying or I don't know, you drop it in the sink or, um, you know, you just happen to be on a device and you really need a password. And I don't know, maybe you're using your friend's computer or something. And you're like, oh, man, this isn't going to work. So, yeah, there, there, there are still issues. However, if you're one password or LastPass or any password manager, you're definitely thinking about how do we make this as strong as possible? Because as we have seen over the last couple of months, even password managers are vulnerable to attacks and you want to be as safe as possible if you're paying them for the service. Yeah. And, and pass, you can use passkey on, on another person's uh, device as long as you have your passkey mm-hmm. holding device with you uh if you're if you're confused about passkey folks uh head over to knowalittlemore.com we've got an episode called about passkey i'll put a link to it in the show notes as well that kind of walks you through all that all right folks if you're feeling social uh get in touch with the dtns audience on a social network near you perhaps it's at dtns show on twitter or at daily tech news show on tiktok or possibly you like the instagram at dtns picks that's dtns p i x say hello do you love anime gaming movies and discovering how your favorite pop culture affects everything you do Then join us on Crunchyroll Presents The Anime Effect. I'm Nick Friedman. I'm Lee Alec Murray. And I'm Leah President. Every week you can listen in while we break down the latest pop culture news and dish on what new releases we can't get enough of. Whether you love movies, I'm going to tell you all about the uh, hopeful 4K re-release of Tron Legacy that happens. (laughs) (laughs) I'm right there with you. Or music. The music in this show is absolutely incredible or anime and under this mask is another mask (laughs) you can discover your new favorites right here on the anime effect listen every friday wherever you get your podcast and watch full video episodes on crunchyroll or on the crunchyroll youtube channel as a person with a very deep voice i'm hired all the time for advertising campaigns but a deep voice doesn't sell b2b And advertising on the wrong platform doesn't sell B2B either. That's why if you're a B2B marketer, you should use LinkedIn ads. LinkedIn has the targeting capabilities to help you reach the world's largest professional audience. That's right. Over 70 million decision makers all in one place. All the big wigs, then medium wigs. Also small wigs who are on the path to becoming big wigs. Okay, that's enough about wigs. LinkedIn ads allows you to focus on getting your B2B message to the right people. So, does that mean you should use ads on LinkedIn instead of hiring me, the man with the deepest voice in the world? Yes. Yes, it does. Get started today and see why LinkedIn is the place to be to be. We'll even give you a $100 credit on your next campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash results to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash results. Terms and conditions apply. Normally, being a little extra might be a bit much, but not when it comes to healthcare. That's why United Healthcare's Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Now, we don't report on every single story about tech companies cutting jobs because that would be all we talked about these days. It's a, it's a thing. But it's worth talking about in aggregate, especially since the tech sector is seeing huge layoffs while jo- jobs are being added in many, 
if not most other sectors. And you might say, what's going on with that? Now, there are big layoffs from big companies that have gotten big headlines. For example, last month, Microsoft said it planned to cut 10,000 jobs. On Thursday, Bloomberg sources said that some of those now eliminated positions included people working on Surface devices, hololensed mixed reality hardware, even Xbox. But it's not just Microsoft. We've seen Meta lay off 11,000 people recently, Amazon laying off 10,000 people, Alphabet laying off 12,000 people. The list goes on. But one company we really haven't heard this, this trope from is Apple. Why not? Well, uh, during the pandemic lockdowns, particularly, a lot of tech companies hired a lot of folks to deal with the new normal and, and the windfall, let's let's say, that they, they were getting from people using the internet a whole lot more, needing devices, needing services to do that. Apple, while still taking advantage of that windfall, did not hire a lot of new folks. They hired some. They didn't hire nearly as many as these other companies. According to data from Bloomberg, Apple added fewer employees than other big tech firms by a lot. Apple's headcount increased 20% between 2020 and 2022, compared with 60% at Alphabet and Amazon nearly doubled its headcount. Since then, both Alphabet and Amazon have announced layoffs of around 30,000 positions combined, like Sarah was just giving you those numbers. The idea behind hiring during a boom like that is you're adding productivity and that that productivity is going to increase the company's bottom line, paying for itself down the road. The risk Apple took was under hiring. When they weren't hiring as many people, you could have had folks pointing the finger and saying, they're not taking advantage of this. They're, they're wasting an opportunity. If they didn't take advantage, their growth could have been outpaced by competitors who did. Now, you can measure that by looking at the revenue per new hire. Apple's outpaced everybody else by far, which indicates they didn't suffer in productivity. Uh, they just hired smarter well, you know, one might think, well, I don't know, maybe Apple already felt that they had, um, I don't know, they, they were sort of, sort of pushing the higher end of the employees that, that, that were helping uh, um, the company's bottom line. But the, but the line. temptation was like, ah, but we've got all these orders. People are buying the MacBooks like crazy. They're using yeah, our services. No, they're, it's true. They're signing it's up true. for Apple TV. We should hire iPad more sales people in and, and take advantage and yeah. use that money and build new things. I mean, I, but it's it's sort of like, yeah, so like, what did Apple benefit from? I mean, you could compare Apple to any other company, and Apple's always still going to be kind of on its own island because it's Apple. But sure, you sold a lot of iPads. You made a lot more service revenue, right? Because people are like, I'm home. What do I do? Maybe I'll sign up for Apple Music, you know, or that sort of thing, or Fitness Plus. So Apple reaped the rewards, but, you know, it, it's quite possible that the company was like, okay, let's just reap the rewards. Yeah. Well, well, and, <laughs> we have and all not, the people to, to do this. We're not going to significantly reap more rewards if we hire more people is what Apple gambled on and, and won. Rob, does this mm -hmm. make sense to you? Well, I, I think one of the things we have to do is we have to think about what is Apple. Mm. Apple is a giant hardware manufacturer. And when you think about where their stuff, where, where, you know, where their stuff is made is not generally here. So they, use, they contract a lot of other companies to build their stuff. 
those companies may have hired new people in, in the wake of what was going on in the pandemic. But Apple didn't have to. Uh, you know, the, a- Apple's core here in the U.S. pretty much stayed um, you know, you know, w- where it was. They, they just didn't have to go out and hire a lot of folks. And that's just because unlike Microsoft and Alphabet and Facebook and, and all these companies that are basically they needed people to create more code, to create more services, to create all that stuff that is kind of ethereal and you use a web browser to get to. Most people who are dealing with Apple buy iPads, MacBooks, and iPhones, and they're just their business is just fundamentally different than a lot of the other companies that had to go out and do all these hires. Yeah, the the, the really interesting uh, headlines I've been seeing. Apple Insider had this: uh, Apple services revenue, uh, Apple services, just the services revenue exceeded Nike and McDonald's combined. Uh, and, and so that's the services part. That's what the is part. McDonald's service revenue? No, no. McDonald's entire revenue. Oh, Apple's, oh, oh. just Apple services <laughs> revenue. Yeah, I know. I it's like, hard to wrap your head around. Is there a McDonald's right? app? Yeah. I don't no, no, know. No. We're yeah. not comparing services to services. Uh, uh, we're comparing yes. just Apple services revenue to, McDonald's. to all of McDonald's and all of Nike's revenue. And Apple services is bigger. And as Rob just pointed out, uh, that's the small part of Apple. I mean, it's getting bigger and bigger all the time. Uh, and, and so Apple can afford to kind of just let that simmer because like you're saying, uh, Rob, I think it's a great point. Uh, the, the ability to let contractors take care of the hardware gives you a lot more flexibility. And you did see Foxconn doing layoffs. You did see the people who build the devices for Apple doing layoffs. So getting back to your point, Rob, uh, yeah, I, I think they outsourced some of the risk. It's a good, it's a good point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, depending on who you are, you might say, well, that kind of counts as, you know, Apple, Apple layoffs, but not when it comes to stats. Apple's got their heads up like this when, 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 when you're looking at their books. Hey, we, we didn't lay anybody off. Yeah, yeah. All the companies fine. that we contract with did, but that's not us. And and, I, and so I try to compare it like, okay, but Google makes hardware. Oh, but they make so much more of their money yeah. off advertising. Meta makes again. all of their money off advertising. On the other hand, Meta and Google do outsource a lot of theirs to contract. Um, there's there, I can't remember the name of it anymore. That There's a huge company that provides the contract workers to Google. Uh, and, and so it's not like they don't have contractors and, and, and those contractors couldn't have got laid off. I feel like it's just a different division in mm-hmm. Apple that, that helps them. And, and honestly, I, I think it's partly that, but I, I, going back, I'd still give Apple credit. I'd still get Apple credit for just saying like, yeah, we knew this wasn't going to last forever. And so we didn't want to just blow all our money off of it. Um, (laughs) That is the way Apple does things. It's pretty normal for them. People will come back to our Cupertino (laughs) Death Star. Yeah. (laughs) And they will have to because we'll make them come back. Uh, Of course, the reality of tech layoffs means a lot of people are looking for new jobs. Uh, Vox wrote up a really interesting piece on how this has impacted the culture of LinkedIn, uh, which has seen 12.6 million more people add open to work on their profiles. Uh, in February with traffic up 60% compared to January 2020. Uh, We'll talk about that a little more on Good Day Internet uh, right after Daily Tech News show finishes. But before that, let's talk about love. All right. Uh, if you're, if you're Valentine's Day, isn't it though? Yeah. Thanks for reminding me, Tom. <laughs> uh, but uh, no, you and Eileen and I will go have dinner. It'll be oh, great. Good. 
Uh, but uh, if you happen to be a person who's into online dating, you have quite a few options. And to match you with potential dates, if you're an OkCupid user, some other uh, dating apps do the same thing. But OkCupid will ask you questions, getting to know you. What do you like? What do you not like? What are your deal breakers? That sort of thing. Your answers help them try to give you the best matches possible. Well, OkCupid announced that it is testing the six match questions generated by ChatGPT. <laughs> yes, folks, Chatbot is coming to dating. OkCupid's head of global communications, Michael Kay, told TechCrunch, quote, we found that daters who believe ChatGPT is a lifesaver get almost 40% more matches than those who think it's too big brother. That sparked an idea. What if we use ChatGPT to draft our famous matching questions that power our algorithm? Now, you might say, awesome. So I don't have to do like, you know, some of that like small talk in the beginning. Well, the test questions include things like, are you a morning or night person? What do you value in a partner? And how do you know when to take a relationship to the next level? So this is not like reinventing the dating wheel here. But... Without AI, think of how much time it would take for you to come up with these yourself. Maybe you're too shy. I don't know. I'm into it. So I think think that, uh, you know, Valentine's Day is coming up next week. And somebody over at uh, OkCupid said, so what's the hot story that's dominating all tech Mm -hmm. news right now? Chat GPT. Okay, well, Mm -hmm. how can we write that into something that we're doing? So that people will take notice and, and, and will be talked about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cause it's, it's, it's kind of cool. These are just questions that okay. Cupid staff come up with and it's not like the ones they, they had generated here are ones that the staff couldn't have come up with. Well, no, it's, well, here's it's what's all, going to yeah. These are, these are pretty, pretty broad questions. Not, not unhelpful. And Certainly. there's a good chance that ChatGPT is actually scanning some of these questions from OKCupid that have come out in the past, and it's just regurgitating oh, things that OKCupid yeah. writers have already done. That's not a bad idea. Uh, I don't know. I think that, you know what? I'm, I'm going to look at this story as like this is a milestone for ChatGPT. It has now uh, joined uh, Bitcoin and cryptocurrency and NFTs in the realm of please find a way to put it in your press release, <laughs> whether you're doing it for real or not. Congratulations, ChatGPT. You've made All right, let's check out the mailbag. Drew wrote in to explain what happened when his town of Superior, Colorado, passed a law to investigate the possibility of municipal broadband. Drew says, before the town could really even start the wheels turning for figuring out how to actually cost and implement its own fiber service, our main provider for the town, which was Comcast Xfinity, dramatically increased available speeds and lowered prices. I currently pay $60 per month for 1,000 megabits per second down, 20 up, over cable. It no longer made financial sense for the town to pursue its own service, and the issue has been largely forgotten. Drew says, I think it was probably a win-win for us, though. The mere threat of some competition caused an improvement in an existing service, and the town didn't have to follow through with an expensive infrastructure investment. This is a great example of why it should not be against the law for a city to consider putting in its own internet. Uh, Sometimes it's going to work out great like it has in Chattanooga. Uh, Sometimes you won't even need to do it, as in the case of Superior Colorado. This is a great email. Thank you, Drew. All right, let's thank Len Peralta as well. He has been illustrating today's show. Len, what have you been drawing for us? Two words, higher, different. Right. Mm. That's what this is all about. Okay. I mean, that's kind of what Apple has been doing. They've been thinking different and they've been hiring different. And obviously it worked out for them here during the pandemic. This is what this 
image is all about. Um, it's, you know, very minimalist, but, uh, it's, it, it is, it's about hiring difference, about thinking different about the, uh, oh, look at the employees. <laughs> yes. It's very kind of scary. There's a little last of uh, us going on in the bottom. Last of us, exactly. Yeah, there is. A little yeah. bit of nod to the last Stay of us going on. Um, yes. Uh, hire different, think different. That's, uh, that's what it's all about. Um, if you'd like to, uh, see this image or you'd like to get it, if you can join my Patreon, patreon.com forward slash Len, uh, the DTNS lover level, you get this right free for just joining. Uh, or you can do it the old fashioned way and go to my online store at lenperaltastore.com where I am also taking commissions right now. So yeah. think about it. Great I like that gifts you, for Valentine's Day. For I sure. was going to say, I like that you can join the lover level, the DTNS lover level, <laughs> exactly. without having to have any chat GPT questions. Anymore. No, Just, no, yeah. believe me, none of that is happening at lenperaltastore.com. So you've got that going for you. Well, good stuff as always, Len. Also good stuff from you, Rob Dunwood. Let folks know where else they can find your work. Well, I am at Rob Dunwood on pretty much all the things. And you can check me out on my other shows, SMR Podcast and The Tech John. Uh, where we talk about tech, and if it's specifically with the tech, John, we talk about it from a perspective that you don't ordinarily see. Well, uh, show too. You get yes, good stuff. And many DTNS folks are very familiar, but if you aren't, do check it out. We also want to extend a special thanks to Miss M. Miss M is one of our top lifetime supporters and a frequent emailer. Miss M, we love your feedback Ms. for M. DTNS. So thank you for all the years of support. You get a gold star. Yay, Miss M. You're the best. Yay. Now listen, uh, you can't leave Miss M hanging out there uh, along with the other patrons. Uh, we, we need some new folks. It, the the patronage only works if we have new folks coming in. A lot of folks are having a hard time. And I understand if you're one of them and you, you can't support us right now, that means if you can support us and you're listening for free and you're like, you know what, I could afford a couple of bucks a month. Now is an important time to sign up at patreon.com slash DTNS. It helps make sure we stay able to do this and do special episodes like the gaming roundtable we're doing later this week. And it means that you're picking somebody else up who's in a hard time right now and you get a bunch of extra free stuff as well. So go check it all out. Patreon.com slash DTNS. Speaking of patrons, stick around for our extended show, Good Day Internet. And just a reminder, our show is live. DTNS is live Monday through Friday at 4 p.m. Eastern, 2100 UTC. You can find out more at dailytechnewsshow.com slash live. As Tom mentioned, this is not a regular weekend because we have a special DTNS Saturday with our video gaming roundtable featuring Scott Johnson, Trisha Hirschberger, and Max Scoville. Talk to you then. This week's episodes of Daily Tech News Show were created by the following people. Host, producer, and writer Tom Merritt. Host, producer, and writer Sarah Lane. Executive producer and booker Roger Chang. Producer, writer, and host Rich Straffolino. Video producer and Twitch producer Joe Kuntz. Technical producer Anthony Lemos. Spanish language host, writer, and producer Dan Campos. News host, writer, and producer Jen Cutter. Science correspondent Dr. Nikki Ackermans. Social media producer and moderator Zoe Detterding. Our mods, Beatmaster, WS Goddess One, BioCow, Captain Kipper, Steve Guadarrama, Paul Reese, Matthew J. Stevens, aka Gadget Virtuoso, and JD Galloway. Mod and video hosting by Dan Christensen. Music and art provided by Martin Bell, Dan Luters, Mustafa A, Acast, and Len Peralta. Live art performed by Len Peralta. Acast ad support from Tatiana Matias. Patreon support from Dylan Harari. Contributors for this week's shows include Ayaz Akhtar, Patrick Norton, Scott Johnson, Chris Christensen, and Rob Dunwood. Our guest 
guest this week was Brian Brushwood, and thanks to all our patrons who make the show possible. This show is part of the Frog Pants Network. Get more at frogpants.com. Diamond Club hopes you have enjoyed this program. <laughs> Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free. Or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. Hi, my name is Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic, and I'm excited to talk to you about Club Med. Club Med operates beach and mountain resorts and is the best all-inclusive getaway for families. They have Club Med Punta Cana, their flagship family resort, and many other options in Mexico, the Caribbean, and around the world. Club Med are the pioneers of the all-inclusive concept, which is the best way to vacation. Great for families, groups, or even solo travelers looking for land and water sports, delicious food. Food and a place to make unforgettable memories. Visit clubmed.us. Call 1 800 Club Med or your travel advisor.